Grab your hiking shoes and your backpack and come out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. The Lower Colorado River Authority is an electric company first and foremost. They provide power to people all over Texas. But one thing that most people don't know is they also operate a pretty rad park system in Texas, too. The LCRA parks are one of my favorite options for hiking in Texas. And in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about my most recent visit to Lake Bastrop South Shore. I'm also going to give you all a quick recap on first aid kits and what I recommend you should be taking on short trail hikes and those longer hikes as well. So stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. Guys, we are almost at the end of January already. I I can't believe that this month is flying by so quickly. This podcast has been such a blast so far. Um, You know, I'm starting to get a little bit of feedback. I got my first two reviews on Apple Podcasts on the website there and, and, you know, good feedback. They uh, seem to really be enjoying the show so far. So I'm really excited to get a little bit more feedback as this thing progresses. And you know what, like I mentioned a couple episodes ago, like I'm not here to pose like I'm some kind of expert in the hiking community. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want anyone to listen to me thinking that that's my intent. My whole intent is to share my experiences and 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 just find places where I can give value to people that want to spend time outdoors and you know it's people that so the people that I'm I'm really wanting to reach out to are people that are maybe new to hiking and they're just trying to get some new tips and tricks and then people that have been hiking around Texas for a long time and are just looking to revisit some of their favorite places or add some places to their list and that's why I want to talk about local trails and you know the community trails and the state parks and what I'm going to talk about today is another park system in Texas that I really think people need to explore. And unfortunately, the only people that get to explore these parks are people that live close to the Colorado River. And the park system that I'm talking about is the LCRA park system. The LCRA is the Lower Colorado River Authority and because I live in Central Texas, I'm pretty spoiled to the fact that I have a broad range of these parks from which to choose. The first park that I visited that was an LCRA park is the McKinney Ruffs um, Nature Trail. It's a lovely park. I'll, I'll talk about it soon because I really, really like it. My friend Brooke is... Uh, a listener, she's a great inspiration for me for spending outside. Hey, Brooke. Yeah, the LCRA parks, they they just, it's just a little different from a state park. I, the facilities, you know, they have 
kind of the same facilities at each place, but the water that's at these parks is really, really neat. And the park I'm going to talk to you about today is the Lake Bastrop South Shore Park. And I know I've been on a little bit of a Bastrop kick lately just because I really, really love that town. But the Lake Bastrop South Shore Park, the thing about this park is that it is on the other side of town, for a lack of better descriptors. So it wasn't as affected by the fires of 2011, like the state park was. Not to say that, you know, they got lucky. They were just on a different part of town and the fire just didn't go out that far. So some of the, the landscape just looks different. But the biggest thing about the LCRA park is Lake Bastrop. So if you've listened at all to any of the other, other episodes, you, I've sprinkled in the fact that I, I've started fishing and um, I'm wearing, just a coincidence, I'm wearing a fishing hat. Uh, oh, and for those that are listening to the podcast, I do have some videos on YouTube. So I'm, uh, if you were wondering what that weird segue was, I'm uh, filming this podcast right now. So you're in a little, you know, a little twofer. A little two-for-one broadcast, so uh, welcome along. Um, but back on track, the LCRA Lake uh, Bastrop South Shore Park is has the lake on it, and it's a great fishing spot. And it's not just something you can that you need to fish on the banks. You can take your canoe, which they rent out. They do canoe rentals and kayak rentals. You can take your boat on the boat ramp and just hang out on the water and kind of a different change of pace from some of the other waterways. You know, if you're like Canyon Lake is something that's around here also. Um, but we went for the first time and we had a, a, a great time. It was a family fun day hike. That video is already on YouTube. Um, you can see more just about the trails and kind of what it has to offer as far as the hiking goes. But they have... A mini mini golf course at a at a park. They have the water. They've got a little section of the water that has sand in it um, towards the bank, so you know people can swim, and uh, it, it's roped off, so you don't have to worry about the boats flying by. The trails are great. There, I'm going to go over some of the trails that we hiked um, that are are really fun. There is a hike that connects the north and the south to the, the there's a north shore and a south shore and it's a great great it's, it's three and a half miles in one direction so if you're trying to get um, some good miles in you can definitely do that as a day hike so the hike that we did we did, it was called the Swift Trail to the Gideon Loop. The Swift Trail is 1.4 miles, and then the Gideon Loop is almost a mile long. So between walking around and enjoying the scenery, we we had a good three miles kind of hiking around that place. And we were going to do one more, the Loblolly Pines Loop, but we wanted to get some fishing in 
also. And so we just decided that it'd be best if we cut that hike short a little bit and spent some time by the water. So trail wise, we, it was, it was really pretty, the scenery and it's part of the, the lost pine system too. So you're going to get some scenery that's going to look a lot different than some of the other parks in this area that can be a little ranch style. You're going to see a lot of mesquite, a lot of oak, a lot of field type, a lot of rocks. And you get a little bit of that, but you get a lot of the pine trees too. So that's that's really um, one, of the, one of the main draws that I would tell people when I'm, as I'm telling you right now, recommending that this is a great place for you to hike. As far as cabins go... It's pretty neat how they do it. So they have two camping loops that are there. And the the camping sections are mostly for RVs. But what they do have are two different sections of cabins. One of them, looking at the notes, it's a Osprey Point Cabins. And these do have some ADA um, accessible cabins. So that's that's awesome more people are are going to benefit from from that opportunity and the other section of cabins are waterfront cabins and the lake is pretty sizable and you're going to have some great views of the water in these cabins and so when we got there we were driving around and we really saw that you know, you're, you're really close. And they, so they sleep up to five people and they have electricity and they have uh, sinks inside. And then if you want to make some food, you can uh, cook on the, on the grills outside and they're not super close to each other. They're pretty spaced out. So you're not going to feel like you're on top of your neighbors out at the campsites. But when we went, it was a Sunday morning when we got out there and the, there was, there was a handful of people that were, were heading out, I, I guess at checkout time. And the cabins, I think range about $75 per night. So it's not, you know, if you can fit five people in the cabin for 75 bucks, I, I feel like that's a good deal. It's not quite dirt cheap, but you're definitely going to get, um, your money's worth from, from at least the view and the location. And the thing about the, the lake is when you're on the Gideon loop and on the, the swift trail that I just talked about, you're going to see a lot of the water too, peeking out through the trees. And one of the smart things that they did is they put their little rest benches throughout the the hike but they put them waterfront so you're going to be able to kind of just take a break even though it's not super extraneous but you'll be able to take a break by the water and they're 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 positioned in a way where you're really going to see these great angles of the water i um didn't take as many pictures that day because i was kind of starting to take the video and was just also try not to just spend too much time on my phone while we were hiking around since it was a family day but each each little nook that had water where you can sit on a bench was just really really magnificent and really really pretty so going back to some of the amenities the the trails are great 
And like I said, they have the the mini golf course and where it's positioned is also close to the water. So, you know, I think you're catching on that Lake Bastrop, South Shore, a lot of what they offer revolves around the the lake there. Because, I mean, unfortunately, at Lake Bastrop or at Bastrop State Park, rather, the the lake that's there is pretty tiny and their main water source was unfortunately um flooded in memorial 2015 memorial day it was a really bad rain around here and the the dam broke and it just emptied the entire thing so as far as water and bass drop goes you have the colorado river that runs through town and then you have the lake bass drop and you have the North Shore and the South Shore. Like I said, that trail connects both of them. I didn't get to make it to the North Shore. Once I do, I'll let y'all know how it was or how and its similarities and its differences. But uh, if you're in the area, I, I, I love Bastrop. And I want people, if you're ever in Central Texas, to give it a visit. They've done so much to the downtown area and there are water, the water, the Colorado River, the way it goes through town. There's a kind of a sidewalked park type thing for the community to just kind of walk by the water and enjoy the views. And there are some great restaurants that are uh, by the water too. And so you can eat outside when it's a little bit warmer, which is almost at this point every day, even in January. And you know, you can you can also fish. There's a fisherman's park is in Bastrop too, so there's some great um, uh, fishing opportunities too. So b- between the state park and the LCRA park, I think the LCRA is doing a great job with the towns that have water running through it and and creating these spaces for people to be able to spend time outside and that, and that's the whole point of what this podcast I feel like represents it's it's finding out why people are spending time outside and 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 encouraging people to spend time outside you know it's a great escape from our day to day and you know originally the reasons for me wanting to spend out time that might not be the same for everyone. So I'm looking forward to starting some of these interviews up soon and talking to y'all. And if, if that's something that y'all want to be a part of, you know, reach out, reach out to me on Facebook, reach out to me on Instagram, reach out to me on YouTube, you know, uh, without self-promoting too hard like I really want to talk to y'all and see what motivates y'all to spend time outside and and what are some of your fondest memories about being outside too I was just at um, the state park and I had my phone and I just wanted to kind of narrate a funny little story and one of my memories that I was thinking of being outside, I was walking on a service road that's at Bastrop State Park and just kind of hearing the gravel beneath my feet. And I just, I wasn't hiking with anyone. So I just wanted to share a story of being in Boy Scouts. At this time, we were, had already graduated to Boy Scouts and we were headed 
to a camp, just camp out for the weekend for scouts. And it was a Friday night. And so it was during the school year. And so we got out there a little bit later, probably like six or seven o'clock. And, and we wanted to, it was a, it was a broad range of us from fourth grade through at that time, probably seventh or eighth. And we didn't want to just drive to the campsite. We wanted to park and then hike to the campsite. And my dad was the scoutmaster at the time. And we were, you know, it was about eight of us and we were all pretty gung-ho. And so we got there and we parked and we were going through the trails and it got dark pretty quickly. Unfortunately, we lost the trail at some point. So a bunch of bunch of youngsters were just tearing up through the woods, I felt like. And none of us, or at least I don't remember, I think the positive memories outweigh any kind of nervous memories. And we, we bushwhacked our way to finally finding a service road in pitch black. And just we decided to just wait and sit there. Then finally a truck came by and it was kind of that whole, you, you boys lost. And, uh, you know, we were, yes, yes, sir. We were definitely lost. And he was, he was from what I remember, nice enough to put us all in the back of the truck. And we, we figured out which campsite we were at. And, and, you know, it was a memory about the outdoors when back in a time when every time I hiked, I was never nervous and we got to the campsite and we had a story to tell and everyone kind of made it, made it through that experience. And it was kind of fast forward to when I got back into hiking in my adult years, that first, I don't know, the first few months I was just so nervous about everything and getting lost in these small trails that, you know, I hate to say impossible to get lost, but it was kind of impossible to get lost because eventually I'd hit the highway, I felt like. But so nervous about that and so nervous about running into snakes, which, and grasshoppers at the time. It was summer the year that I started. And so everywhere I walked, these huge grasshoppers would fly by me. And that freaked me out always. And, and then just walking and then all of a sudden looking up and seeing a deer just eating by the trail and not caring about me because it was in town and there's a bunch of people. And so just thinking about kind of the journey and, and how we all grow to and, and, and talk to ourselves on the trail and without getting into too much of a ramble, I just think it's funny to think about just different things out on the trail about kind of where we used to be and, and how we are now and how things kind of change and evolve and then come full circle. So, you know, now it's just, I'm just hiking and I'm just thinking about kind of the moment and in, in that day and not really getting caught up in yesterday or tomorrow. And that's kind of the biggest thing for me for my mental health when I'm hiking is just, focusing on the moment and that's the one thing that being outdoors really really helps bring back 
and bring brings my head back to center and 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 appreciating the now and I hope when y'all are out there on the trail y'all find that that peace that you're looking for or just the ability to share stories with your friends that uh just about being outdoors and and have that kind of circle that gives you back that value that you deserve so um stay tuned i'll be back with the next segment i appreciate you listening about the lca park for bastrop south shore so stay tuned Ooh, i'll be right back welcome back to the next segment of the texas trailhead podcast Before I get going with this segment, I just want to say, I want to fix a little bit of what I said in the previous segment. I'm pretty proud of the fact that so far, I'm not really heavily editing myself, but I do listen to the playback before I publish it, just to make sure I don't have any super, super long gaps, (laughs) like the one I just did, Um, or I just say something that came out somewhat incorrect. So I do want to go back and correct something that I said about the LCRA parks. Clearly, you don't have to live by the Colorado River to venture out and explore one of the LCRA parks. What I just meant, if if you live by the Colorado River, you can visit them more often. So I I apologize for uh, misspeaking, but it doesn't seem like a lot, but I when I listened to it, I, I just heard myself saying, "Well, you don't, you don't have to live by the river, Daniel, to go to that park." So, uh, so yeah, so I just wanted to correct that. So, here we go into this next segment. I want to talk a little bit about first aid, and you heard me mention that some of the stuff that I speak about might be stuff you already know, and it might be new information. And this is just going to be a quick recap because when I talk to people who love to hike, I always ask them, what are some key items they pack? You know, we, we like to share stories with each other and share tips and tricks. And most of them are going to say stuff like snacks and water. That seems like a given. You're, you're going to need those items anytime you go hiking or backpacking long and definitely even on some of the shorter trails. Some people are going to say stuff like trekking poles. I definitely take trekking poles. They have a place on my backpack, my bigger backpack, so they can just hang out even if I don't need them. And then some people are going to say maybe an extra pair of shoes. I know when I go to places like McKinney Falls or Pernell State Park, and I know there's going to be water there, Especially in the summertime, I'm going to take my sandals so I can wear them through the water and then put my hiking shoes back on. But every once in a while, I'll talk to someone about what's in their gear and they won't even mention first aid pack just because they're going on a, on a short hike. So in this segment, I'm going to do a quick recap on why it's important to always have some first aid no matter the size of the hike. If you're just running around on a pretty flat trail, I can definitely understand the resistance. You're thinking, oh, I'm just out here for some exercise. I just need my water bottle. But if you're hiking somewhere for the first time, I really can't stress enough how important it is to have just a few of the basics. I currently have two different first aid kits that I use, 
And that's just depending on which backpack I'm grabbing before heading out. Because I have a smaller backpack that I take for one to three miles. And I also have a backpack that I take out when I'm doing three to ten miles or more. That's the one that I'll always have my trekking poles with me. And I have first two, two first aid kits because I kept forgetting to swap the first aid kit from one backpack to the other one. So I just bought two. So my laziness really helped out in, in, in that situation. So, but I think these are, there are some top items that you should definitely include. And the first one I feel is important. My daughter has one attached to her sternum strap and it's a rescue whistle. And rescue whistles can be used for a variety of things. Let's say you fell and you hurt yourself and and you want to bring attention and have somebody come find you. Or if you're encountering an animal or a a person that's aggravating and and causing harm or trying to cause harm and danger, a rescue whistle is going to do something for people close by that a cell phone might not be able to do, especially if you don't have any service. So I definitely feel that some kind of whistle or some way to get people's attention besides just yelling aloud. I definitely feel like various sizes of bandages are going to be really important. There's nothing more kind of obnoxious or frustrating by cutting your finger on uh, just on the trail, even on a short hike, because nobody wants to just be bleeding on the trail. That's just kind of weird. So in my backpack, I usually keep variety of sizes in my first aid kit and and adhesive bandages are going to go a long way. And all of this stuff, well, not all of this stuff, but bandages having multiple bandages in particular, I feel like falls under that mantra of have it, don't need it, need it, don't have it. You know, I'd rather just have them in my backpack and not make a big deal because there's been times where I went camping and did something stupid, like improperly used my pocket knife to open up the salami that we were snacking on and somehow just cut my thumb. So it wasn't even a hiking accident. It was just me not really paying attention and cutting my finger. And I was really happy that I had that. So going into adhesive bandages, I feel like antibiotic ointment and antiseptic wipes are definitely going to be key items that you should also have because I wanted to clean the wound and you have water, but it's good to just have an antiseptic wipe and some ointment to put on the cut or abrasion or whatever you need to kind of make yourself more comfortable in that situation. So all of those go together. And then on top of that, I definitely feel some pain relief medicine and some insect bite wipes, something to think about more or less on either one of those. I know in Texas bugs, you know, bee stings, mosquitoes, maybe you get a spider bite, just something that is going to help kind of relieve that discomfort um, that that's definitely something if you, if you buy these pre-made packs, a lot of this stuff is definitely going to come in there already. And if you go to my website, I do have an article where you can see some of the different varieties and the pre-made first aid kits that all you have to do is purchase and they're ready to go. And they make the company that I really, really, really like makes first aid kits for different situations and whatnot too. So 
bandages, antibiotic ointment, antiseptic wipes, some insect bite wipes, and then maybe even insect repellent too, depending on where you're going. Last summer, my dad and I went on a a pretty epic road trip. And when we were in Colorado, uh, we were camping on the Conejos River and the signs were posted to just be cautious of all the mosquitoes and make sure you're wearing long sleeves and and having some 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 bug repellent and I didn't even think of that and my dad had some on him so I was pretty thankful that he had some of that natural insect repellent I definitely feel like one of the things that most people forget to include and realize that they probably should have just from the very beginning moleskin for blistering on short hikes blisters are probably not going to happen as often as 10 plus miles but let's say you're at one of these parks where there is water and you were wearing your sandals but you didn't let your feet dry all the way and your socks get wet and your feet are now rubbing even with my favorite hiking sock that merino wool is going to breathe really well but maybe you just kind of are in your foot and it's sliding around and you get a blister and it's not comfortable to hike with a blister forming on your foot. And through hikers will definitely tell you that protecting your feet is definitely really important. So along with the moleskin for blistering, I definitely feel like safety pins and some tweezers, some of the little tools that pack really small that are beneficial to just dig out splinters or cut open a blister if you need to let it drain and then, you know, take care of those situations. And it's not, these things are probably not life or death in, in, in what situations you're going to use them for in the smaller kits. But if you are going on these longer hikes, I definitely feel larger kits have a little bit more for those dire situations. So the larger kit, my larger kit what it's going to have is going to have a larger variety of bandages, so stuff for your hands and then stuff for your arms, some some more gauze wrap, stuff to wrap your ankle if you, if you twist it, sprain it. It's going to have additional tools, and it's going to have more medication. So you're definitely going to have a full, broad spectrum for a lot of situations that are going to pop up on the trail. And these are just some general recommendations. I'm not going to go too in-depth beyond that. I think having a small kit is going to be enough for those just-in-case moments. And I'm curious, what do you all take with you as far as first aid when you go hiking or camping? I know for my dad, who's diabetic, he has to have a way to keep his insulin at cooler temps. So when we went on our road trip, we had our big ice chest in the back, and that's where we stored it. And we didn't go on anything super long where we needed something super technical, but keeping stuff cool is definitely a situation that may arise with some of the listeners out there, whether you're listening in the car or listening at work. I definitely appreciate you listening to this one about the first aid kit. So leave me a comment wherever you find comment sections, or you can just leave a comment on the Texas Trailhead Facebook page and let me know what you carry. Anything beyond this or maybe similar things or similar or some situations where you weren't even really thinking you were going to need a first aid kit and what 
was the situation where you were like, man, I'm so glad I had this. I would love, I would love to hear that scenario. So I look forward to hearing from you and uh, take care. We'll talk to you uh, next Friday. Um, if everything works out well, I'm hoping to keep these episodes going on a weekly basis. And I really, I really appreciate all of you listening. And if you really, if you're, if you're getting anything out of this, I'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends as well. All right. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. Welcome to the eighth installment of the Texas Trailhead podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about one of my favorite state parks, mostly because it's my local closest state park. It's going to be McKinney Falls State Park in Austin, Texas. And in the second segment, I'm going to give you a little bit of a recap about my current trail runner, the Astral Trail Runner Shoe, and I'll give you some more details and see if that's something you'd be interested in and give you some details on where to buy it. Stay tuned.